This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. <laughs> it took a little bit of back-end work over the last 24 hours, but we have one heck of a show lined up for today. The annual Bass Fishing uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony and banquet uh, is taking place this Thursday at uh, Johnny Morris's, I think it's a billion dollar aquarium there at the Wonders of Wildlife there. I want to say that. It is an insane uh, aquarium, but there are three inductees into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame this year. Glenn Andrews, Bruce Holt, and uh, none other than Mike Iaconelli, who I think is bringing half of New Jersey with him for the induction ceremony. But along with the induction ceremony is an on, uh, an online uh, auction. I guess there's an in-person auction part two that runs through Thursday. And that is kind of the focus of today's show. But I figured we couldn't do a show without bringing in a bass fishing Hall of Famer. Uh, none other than Oklahoma's own Gene Gilliland. There's Gene right there joining us from his home in Norman, Oklahoma, correct? Correct. Uh, and you're in the Hall of Fame. You're also involved with the Hall of Fame and do a lot with grants and conservation and all sorts of stuff. So it has to be uh, obviously an exciting time of the year for you every time uh, the early October run rolls around, Gene. Yeah, it's it's a busy week. You know, Bass Fishing Week, uh, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame is obviously it culminates in the the banquet and the auction that we that we'll have on Thursday night. But it's it, it is a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. Um, we've got a great board of directors, and uh, Barbara Bowman is our executive director. She's the one that really steers the ship, uh, gets things done, but. Uh, the board of directors really pitches in and everybody's got a little a little piece of, of a little job to do this week to get just to make this event come off. And it it has really become, uh, you know, next to things like the classic and Redcrest, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame banquet has become one of the events in the world of bass fishing for people to attend. And it's it's uh, kind of become that who's who of uh, of the bass fishing world. And, you know, for that night, everybody kind of puts aside what company they work for and 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 really just starts to focus on, you know, uh, the the whole mission of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, you know, to uh, promote the sport of bass fishing and preserve it and protect it. And, and celebrate the the whole concept of the sport of bass fishing, and so it's it's really kind of a unique 
a, a unique event in that respect that people from all over the boating and fishing industry come together to help support this event. That's well said. Started in uh, 2001, and I think we're approaching 100 members uh, to be inducted into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame since then. It's really cool in the wonders of uh, wildlife and the aquarium there's a, a whole section and and a lot of the bass fishing hall of fame members on that board have done a good job of making it more accessible easier to uh to get through but if you guys have not been to springfield missouri a block out an entire day it's not something that you want to do in three hours because uh, and then just go to that i've spent six hours alone just in the bass fishing hall of fame section you've got the plaques for everybody that's been inducted a little section of memorabilia but that doesn't happen uh by accident that's a lot of hard work behind the scenes i think uh, uh darren cole and that whole uh committee group that put together like when you got inducted you are a bass fishing hall of fame inductee 2021 you kind of had limited you're like hey you get x by x space to, to what right. you see what you feel is important to put in the hall of fame that people for generations to come will be able to kind of say that that's your piece of history yeah they they uh we we ask each of the inductees to provide memorabilia that is important to them and helps tell their story and so it's it's obviously different from from different uh, whether it's anglers or whether it's people in the media or in my case from the biology background, uh, you know we have different things that sort of help tell our story, and and each of the inductees has a a space in the Hall of Fame uh, where you can display these items. You know I I sent a big old box of stuff to Springfield and. Uh, they used about a third of it because there's just not a lot of room there to really spread it all out. But uh, one of the things that we are really looking at at the Hall of Fame is to try to expand our space. Right now, the, the, the Hall of Fame itself, the physical Hall of Fame, you come down an escalator and you come into the space and it's it's kind of a dead end, and you you go through the all the exhibits, and you turn around and go back out. Uh, there are plans in the works right now to actually open up the other end of our space, so there becomes a walk through, which should give us a little more room. We ought to be able to expand some of the displays, and and provide more uh, interactive kind of content. A lot of that we've got all sorts of ideas about how to make the, the Hall of Fame more interesting. And, you know, because once they make that opening and it becomes a walkthrough, then everybody that goes through the Wonders of Wildlife Museum and Aquarium will come through the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame space. Which is huge. And that's that's millions of people a year yeah. that will be able to see the the memorabilia from the inductees and and just learn more about the history of the sport of bass fishing. Now, in addition to the the physical space uh, that is there in Springfield, Missouri, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame does a lot behind the scenes. I know you're very instrumental in uh, conservation grants and scholarships for uh, students and people who are interested in getting into uh, specifically the bass fishing side because it is the bass fishing hall of fame of co conservation yeah. uh grants like that talk a little bit about that i know that you uh 
are are very instrumental in kind of determining uh, what type of grants, how much, how all that money gets. And a lot of that money is also raised through the auction that is going on right now. But you have mainly grants and scholarships for Habitat, all sorts of stuff, right, Gene? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the auction, the, the fundraising component of what the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame does, the, the, the auction that we'll be having this Thursday is, is our primary fundraising tool. And for, for years, I'll be honest, for years, the, the auction was just barely enough to help pay the bills and keep the place going. But we didn't actually, those early years, the Hall of Fame didn't have a physical space mm-hmm. until Johnny Morris invited us to be a part of the Wonders of Wildlife Museum and Aquarium. That gave us a physical location and we then kind of piggyback onto that using the Wonders of Wildlife facility to have our auction and raise money. And it's been very successful the past several years now. We've raised enough money to where now we have an opportunity to do something with those funds. Because uh, a lot of people have always asked, well, okay, I'm donating money or I'm buying an item at this auction. What, what's it for? Where's that money going? So the board of directors decided several years ago that we need to start utilizing that money to make fishing better and to help bass fishing uh, prosper and thrive. So we set up, the first thing we did was set up these conservation grants. And we've done this now for four years. Over the, over the past four years, we've given out a little over $75,000 uh, 25,000 a year, uh, for, for conservation grants. And now those, those grants are open to, to any organization, uh, that, that wants to do something to make bass fishing better. So this includes any listener right now, any listener that's a, a part of a club, any of that stuff like this could apply to you. Yeah. They, they need to be part of an organization, but it doesn't have to d- you know, at first people thought, well, it has to be a bass club. Well, not necessarily. That's great. We've got, uh, you know, most of our grants, I think, have probably gone to bass clubs. But we've also provided grants to, like, lake associations. We actually gave one this year to the Michigan DNR to do a really cool smallmouth bass radio tracking study on Lake St. Clair. Oh, Chris, so there's a, about that there's a there's a really broad uh, scope there of who's eligible to receive these grants. Typically, they're three to five thousand dollars. They're not huge amounts of money, but for a bass club that wants to do some sort of a habitat project or something like that, uh, it's a, it can be a, a really good shot in the arm in terms of some funding that they can use. And so, what we've done over the past several years then is we have a committee that reviews proposals. Well, let me back up. And sometime around the first of the year, we will put out an announcement that says we are entertaining proposals, requesting proposals for the grants. That goes out all over the fishing media. People see those grants. They put together, a. Uh, there's an online uh, on the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame website. There is a, a form that you fill out online. 
you fill in the blanks and you submit that form. There you go. And those all come in. And, and after the deadline for submissions, we have a, a team that reviews those proposals and we, we rank them. And then we kind of figure out, okay, which ones are the best ones we want to try to support whatever project it is. So we go down the list and we start going down until we basically run out of money. Um, so this year we provided uh, grants to six different organizations. Uh, we had, um, I mean, let me look at my little cheat notes here. All right. We had uh, a youth fishing club uh, that's doing a, a habitat project on Lake Gaston in Virginia. We have a, another youth fishing club that's doing a habitat project and some planting of aquatic plants on Clarks Hill Lake in Georgia. That's cool. We've got, we've got a club, uh, an adult club in Kansas doing some uh, habitat structures on Wilson Lake in Kansas. We've got a, a this is a two-time grant recipient that uh, a group in, in Kentucky is planting cypress trees in Kentucky and Barkley Lakes. Hmm. Uh, we've got another one that uh, is working on habitat structures in Tennessee on Thames Ford Lake in conjunction with the Tennessee Wildlife Agency. And then, as I mentioned, the Michigan DNR project that we provided money to, to actually purchase the radio transmitters that were implanted into 15 smallmouth bass that were caught during the Bassmaster Elite Tournament on Lake St. Clair a couple of months ago. So it's a, it's a wide variety of projects. Uh, I'd say the, the bulk of them are, are fish habitat uh, related, but they can be working with invasive species. They can be working with access improvements. We had a couple of projects in the last year or two where grants have gone to, to uh, organizations that are building live release boats or live release trailers to help protect those fish after tournament weigh-ins. So it's a kind of a variety of things that are, that those grants are eligible for. Each year, the board looks at the budget and says, how much money do we got? And what are we going to do with it? And in each of the years, the past several years, we've kind of increased that amount. Mm -hmm. the, the bank account has been getting big enough as a result of this online auction that we've been able to expand and, and do more grants. And I, I'm kind of hopeful that when we have our board meeting uh, later this week, that we'll up that number even more so that we can do even more good things with this money. Then last year, we kind of looked at things and said, you know, let's, let's kind of broaden this out a little bit beyond just these conservation grants, let's get into doing something with a scholarship. And so we decided to, to take money and dedicate it towards student scholarships. And these are students that are either, they're either in high school getting ready to start college or they're already in college, either, either at the undergraduate or the graduate level, who are majoring in natural resources of some sort. 
fisheries biology, aquatic resource uh, management, that sort of thing. And to be eligible for these grants, they have to have two things. One is that they need to be anglers. And I'll get to why in just a second. The second thing is that they need to have professed a desire to become a practicing fishery biologist, somebody that will work in the field managing fisheries, uh, as opposed to I want to become a college professor. Okay, that's kind of the distinction. We want people to say, I want to work with fish in the field, work for a state or federal agency. Now, the part about being an angler, this all came about several years ago. We had a scholarship program at BASS working with Shimano for, for several years. And we had, we, <clears throat> this kind of came about because a lot of college professors that we knew, the ones that were teaching fishery biology, were saying it was harder and harder to find students that knew anything about fishing. They knew biology, but they didn't know anything about fishing. And so when they took jobs with state or federal agencies, they didn't understand the customers because they were anglers themselves. So we set up this whole grant or the scholarship program to try to encourage anglers who want to get into natural resources and become fishery managers. So this year, the Hall of Fame dedicated $25,000. We selected 10 uh, recipients, $2,500 a piece for those scholarships. We had 39 applicants, which I, I, was, I was amazed and, and really, really pleased that we had that many applicants uh, <clears throat> apply for this thing. We had, I think, among the ones we we provided grants to this year, we had one high school student who is, well, he's now a freshman in college. We had uh, four or five that were undergraduates working on a, a their undergraduate degree, and then the the other ones were graduate students who were working on a master's degrees. So we had a, a broad range. We we have students from several different universities. Uh, one of them is actually, one of our recipients is actually a university in Canada. So we're not restricting uh, where, they're, where they're from, as long as they're anglers and professing to wanna become practicing fishery biologists, uh, male, female, doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're uh, hopeful that we will be able to announce uh, sometime around the first of the year again for 2024, another round of scholarships that will be available. The question at this point with both the conservation grants and the scholarships is how big a pot of money that we'll be working with. And, uh, you know, to be honest, the success of this banquet this Thursday night will have a lot to say about what can we do with that money. And uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful that that this auction just knocks it out of the park and, and, and the board will come to me and say, hey, we've got a bunch of more money to put towards these uh, conservation grants and scholarships for next year. A lot of questions about 
Uh, is there anywhere where they can see the results of or what the study on the tagged fish at St. Clair? Or how, when is that going to be available? Yeah, not not yet. I, okay. I, I can give you a little bit of detail about um, that project. There is a, all over the Great Lakes, um, <clears throat> the Great Lakes Fishery Commission has mm-hmm. put receivers that pick up these radio telemetry signals. And there's a, an array of these things all over the Great Lakes. So what Michigan DNR did was said, well, let's use those receivers that are already out there. And we're going to put transmitters in these fish and follow them around, see where they go. Now, this is not one of those projects what people might think of where there's some guy out there with a, uh, a little receiver on a stick and he's trying to, yeah, trying to find where that fish went. This doesn't work that way. These receivers are, are in a grid all over the bottom of, the Great Lakes, including Lake St. Clair. So when a fish swims by one of these receivers within a, I don't know, some some distance, it picks up the signal. At the end of the year, they go out and they retrieve all these receivers and, and upload the information into their computers. And then they can piece together maps of where fish number one, two, three went or fish number four, five, six. And they can follow them around and figure out where those fish went. The The cool thing about St. Clair, what happened there was Michigan DNR has already been doing this for a couple of years. They've already had several, maybe 20 or 30 fish out there already. And what they were seeing was those fish were not being found over in Canadian waters. And, and the idea kind of came to them, well, maybe we've got some some subpopulations in within Lake St. Clair that don't mix, maybe Anchor Bay is one place and the Mile Roads is another place, but they weren't seeing any fish showing up in Canada. So during the elite tournament with the bass track system that bass has, when a, when a fish is entered into bass track, it has a GPS coordinate attached to that entry. So we knew where fish were being caught. So during the course of the tournament, we could say, okay, here's angler so-and-so is fishing in Canada. And here's an angler that's fishing way up the St. Clair River. And here's another angler that's way down the southern part of the lake. So when those anglers came in to weigh in, we could kind of cherry pick those fish and the DNR folks then were able to implant the transmitters in, in fish that they, for example, uh, Joey Sefuentes, who won the tournament, was fishing in Canada. We knew where his fish came from, so they put the transmitters in his fish. They were all released in Anchor Bay uh, using our live release boats. So now they'll be able to see if those fish go home and do they actually cross over the uh, navigation channel, the deep water to get back into Canada. So it's going to be a year or two before that kind of information is really out there and available. I think it's going to really be some cool stuff when they get to it. Um, There's just for folks that are wanting to kind of look at some of this type of information, there is a, uh, on bassmaster.com, there is a, 
uh, in the conservation news section, there is a report from a very similar study that was done in Lake on Lake Erie. And uh, I think it was two years ago. And so there's a uh, Ohio DNR did kind of the same thing. They found they took fish from a tournament, turned them loose, uh, put in the transmitters, and then turned them loose. And then they tracked those fish using this array of receivers that are all over Lake Erie and found some incredible information about how far those fish moved, like 300 miles in a year. Wow. And wow. Um, That's insane. It's, it's, uh, it really opened a lot of eyes. Uh, you know, people were like, Oh my gosh, that really, they fish actually move that much. And, uh, what they're, you know, we're, we're kind of hoping we kind of get some of that same information out of, out of this Lake St. Clair study. But, um, if, if, uh, I'm trying to see if I can find it here real quick, but, um, yeah, if you can't shoot me the link and I'll throw the link. Yeah. Down. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't track uh, that down, but there's a, um, the, you the also Ohio DNR on BTO yeah. where you did it on Thunderbird. Remember you, you came in last year and you talked about yeah. that. And I mean, so if you guys want to go back, you can search the archives, Gene Gill and Bass Talk live. And if you want to relate that to a smaller three to 5,000 acre fishery where, you know, you took, took fish were caught from the river down to the dam. You kind of guys did the same thing. I think Guck might have talked, was Guck a part of that? I think he might've talked about that. He too was, he was, he was actually show. an under working. Yeah, on I think Guck might've talked about that on the show. Alan McGovern, yeah. he was on the show yeah. about how some of them stayed like literally right under the dock and got caught like four times. Others went back up the river six miles away that require left and right hand turns and going under multiple bridges. Yeah. So. It's a, uh, you know, the difference back then we were just putting little, what we call a spaghetti tag, little yellow streamer mm -hmm. tag on the, in the fish and, and relied on anglers recapturing those fish and telling us where they caught them. Or when we did electrofishing surveys, we could tell where they were, you know, when they were released and how far they'd moved. With these radio tracking studies, you can get some of this real time information. And, yeah. and that's the really cool thing um that that uh, like i say this ohio study that i'm hoping that we can see some of this kind of information let me just let's see if i got i'm going to shoot you an email real quick okay. here that has the link to uh, this man while you do that we do have a special guest because we're going to get into uh some of these auction items that a lot of these studies all this stuff is it goes to actually uh support and so yeah. we have Okay. In full disclosure, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Our first guest, he's odd. He's ready to go. We're going to backlog. We're going to go rapid fire, but I wanted to start out uh, with uh, Brandon Polinick. What's up, Brandon? How's it going? Good. You know Gene well. You're also on the best fishing uh, Hall of Fame board of directors. Yep. Uh, I mean... I think I might have an idea, but why is it why is it important for you to be a part of an organization like that? Uh, well, one, it's actually really enjoyable. It's actually pretty fun every time we get together. Uh, it's a good group of guys. Uh, but I think 
I've always had a love for the sport of bass fishing. Uh, you know, it was kind of the guiding light in my entire life from a young age. So for me, it's a way to give back to that. And then once you've seen the actual hall, like the physical bass fishing hall of fame hall that's in the wonders of wildlife museum, it's really impressive. Uh, and it's really cool to walk around and see all of that memorabilia. Uh, I think I have a bit of an old soul. So when I go through there, it's really cool to go back and it actually strikes a lot of memories, right? From when I was a kid, because there'll be uh, pictures or, you know, iconic moments that are within that hall that are also engraved into my brain and it kind of kickstarts those. And so the whole point is to continue those legacies and, you know, continue preserving the sport of bass fishing as the years go on, right? So that yeah. the legends of the sport and the guys that built the groundwork from there forward, uh, none of those guys are forgotten that have made an impact in the industry. And what a lot of people think is that it's only anglers, but it's not. It's it's anyone that's made a positive impact on the sport. Gene is a perfect example of that, right? Conservation, um, you know, so it can be people within the tournament organizations. Uh, we've had tournament directors, writers. Uh, so it's, it's every everything that is encompassed in the sport of bass fishing. Answer this honestly, Brandon. Is it kind of weird to walk through that and know that in 15 to 20 years, you'll probably be a first ballot hall. You will be a first ballot <laughs> hall of famer and you'll have your own section. In there. Don't uh, be humble about this. You know that that's had to cross your mind. Like, do you already have something that you're playing? Listen, you will be a hall no. of famer. You are, you will be in the hall of fame. I, I mean, it's not no secret. You're one of the faces of the sport and will be unless you just decide to go become like a professional Frisbee golf player all of a sudden. But have you thought about what you are going to have in your space in the hall of fame yet? I honestly have not. Um, I don't know what I would put in there. I mean, uh, am I out of, am I out of bounds in saying that Gene? Oh gosh, no, no, I, I, I think you're I've never thought on target. That. Um, I mean, I got a long ways to go because I mean, because Kevin's in there, but I always felt like Kevin's involved with the Hall of Fame, so he could be like take his grandkids there and be like, "See, look how big of a badass I was!" <laughs> like, look at this section right here. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I might put the um, uh, like the Brian Kirchel Nation Trophy that I won. Oh, that would be awesome. Two thousand ten. Yeah. I would want to put stuff like that in there, I think. So, uh, is Brian's original fish whistle in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think so. I think, I think it, it might is. be. I think the original yeah. one is. Yeah. His his parents are really cool. I was able to call. I I was the guy that got to actually call his father and let him know that Brian was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, which was really wow. cool for me. Uh, and you know, he was super appreciative of it, uh, because actually some of the way that the original rules were written, Brian wouldn't have been able to get inducted into the hall of fame uh, because you had to be a certain age. Uh, but you know, obviously he passed before he reached that age. And so the rules were kind of adjusted so that cases like that didn't happen. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about what you are offering in the online auction. This is real simple right here. I even created a banner. 
just go to Bass Fishing HOF, which stands for Hall of Fame. BassFishingHOF.com to bid on auction items. Auction items open two days ago, and it goes through the 28th of September, which is the night of the auction. That's this Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. There are over 250 items, jerseys, trip, but there's some cool stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I see another uh, angler jumped on. We'll see if he has enough service to make it work. I see a white screen, but uh, you are giving away. And you just click on it, and then you can scroll through it. You are are auctioning off a fishing trip with Brandon Polinick in your home state, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And it that can be adjusted. You know, if someone says, "Hey, I just I want to go fish St. Lawrence River. Or I want to fish, you know, like one of the elite bodies of water," we can tag that on as long as schedule allows. Uh, for me, it's really flexible. The guy that won it last year, he wanted to come to Idaho. He wanted to catch mm-hmm. smallmouth, largemouth. Um, I think the photo on there is me holding a giant pike that we caught that day. Uh, about a yes, that is a giant pounder. pike. And yeah, and we had an absolute blast. I mean, we caught five pound smallmouth. We caught five pound largemouth. Caught big pike. Um, just had an absolute blast. Uh, so yeah, it can be in Idaho. Uh, you know, I'm willing to travel within a reasonable distance of the elites if it's, you know, works in the schedule, mm-hmm. if there's somewhere else someone wants to fish. But really, it's just a day on the water with me somewhere uh, that we're able to go out daylight to dark, can learn electronics, ask whatever questions you want. Oh, it's a full day. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a full day. It's not like a half day, but. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and be like, okay, we're only going for eight hours. I mean, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go daylight to dark. Yeah. Uh, are you are you going to the Hall of Fame banquet, or are you actually home for the first time in like nine months? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, but no, our plan is to go. Uh, Cora and Tiff are both going to go with me. Mostly because after I went last year, I was like, man, my kid would love to see this. Oh, the see aquarium. all the different wildlife. Yeah, the aquarium, like watching all those fish. How old is Cora now? She's 15 months, it, almost 16 months. Listen, I'm, I don't know if it's a ever year and three happen, months, but I, I've not spent a lot of time around one year olds. Are they, are they old enough to like in, engage with aquarium fish and stuff? Like, I mean, like to be like, oh, that's cool. Or do they still, I mean, they have personalities no, at that age and stuff. Yeah. She definitely okay. will be. Like, <laughs> one of that's... her favorite things to do is she walks around in the house and she points at the deer and the elk, and then she tries oh, okay. to make elk sounds. And yeah, so she's uh, she's all about that. A couple people are asking: Is that is there a possibility if they win that trip that you could kind of morph it into a trophy walleye trip? I mean, if they wanted to and they're willing to put some cold weather gear on then yeah okay because i'm doing a winter winter crappie trip and i'm filleting and vacuum packing the crappie for the winner of the btl experience i have to step up my game but that (laughs) i'm willing to do that well i mean there's also some interesting stuff out here we're trying to get mike mcclellan on mike is currently at lake of the ozarks practicing for the upcoming uh final toyota series of the season the man is giving away a year of free custard that's it's just pretty insane. You, there, What's the also, current bid on that one? Because I don't. Uh, I was scrolling through. I don't remember seeing that one on there. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. One year's supply of Andy's frozen custard and fishing trip with uh, on on Bull Shoals with yeah, Mike McClellan. Like 
if I have a really good year next year and make a lot of cuts, I feel like that would be a, a good investment. I, I know because of what you do. That's why I brought it up because you have cut ice cream on your show. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it could be a really good investment opportunity. It might actually save me some money depending on where that bid goes. Now here's it, the other thing that's interesting. It says underneath it that it's donated by Terry Scroggins. So maybe Terry set Mike up on this, but no, I cleared it with Mike. He knows what's up. He uh he said uh he actually just texted me, he said, I don't think I have a strong enough signal where I am, uh, which might tell you where he's planning on fishing in the Toyota series. Just tell everyone sign jersey, day on table rocker, bull shoals, and most importantly, Andy's free frozen custard. For a year, $300 credit on Andy's Yum Squad app can be used anywhere buyer desires. Dang. Bassfishing, HOF.com. Click on the uh, on the auction tab through the 28th. And right now, the current bid is only at, uh, at $400. I want to know if uh, on the fishing trip, if he's going to like pull over midday, cook up some shore lunch, do a little fish fry with some shore lunch. Maybe make up a little soup. I feel like that would also <laughs> add to the experience from. Yeah, I love his shore lunch, uh, his shore lunch commercials where it's, yeah. you know, it's like uh, uh, they're in the want. middle of a tournament. And then he's like, when I catch clean and cook, I'm all about the shore lunch. <laughs> <laughs> if if I bid on that, on that, I want that experience. Yeah. I, uh, I, I bought a lot of stuff last year. I bought swim baits bought a giant wooden sign yeah i'm looking for the studio there's a couple things that i see so right now i have my eye on the uh kevin van dam autographed banner yeah that one right there that's only 200 bucks right now uh the gussie classic original artwork that i think ran in bassmaster that one right there yeah that looks cool yep that uh rumor is that Randy Block is going to buy this and then burn it on one of his live shows because he's very clearly using forward-facing sonar in this depiction right here. Uh, This is kind of the the start of it. Uh, There is also a trip, a live scope free trip with Randy Block it. So anyway, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to get you on to, to, to jump on, to talk a little bit about that. I will see you uh, later in the week. Awesome. I appreciate it. I hope everyone finds something on there they want. It's a all that money goes to incredibly good causes that continue to just make the sport of bass fishing better. So hopefully people get on there and bid. I know I'm gonna be bidding. I was a little bummed when I saw that it was a KVD two thousand ten winning combo. I was really hoping it was gonna be the combo that he beat me with at my first classic. But you know, maybe next year. That would have been 2011. Correct. Correct. Ka- is that called Katahuchi? Is that Katawachi? Katawachi. Yeah. Who all was in there? I just had this conversation with someone. It was, it was you, Kevin. Was Scott Rook in there? Scott Rook. Was Amart on the out? A little bit on the outside. Aaron was between me and Kevin. Okay. Was Faircloth in there? Uh, no, I think he was down. Okay. And then who, who came in in the last, like on the last couple days, didn't, weren't there a couple guys that came in where everybody was like, dude, these stumps are already spoken for. Yeah. There were a few guys. 
Okay. Um, but I don't remember. I can't. Uh, I honestly can't remember who. All right. You can go. I told you five to ten minutes, but yeah. the most intriguing auction item that is up for auction. Gene, do you agree that 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 the night vision Sasquatch hunt with Greg Hackney is the most intriguing item available? If you want to hear more about this, Brandon, you're more than welcome to stick around because I could fit a lot of people on the stream yard. If you got to go take care of business, go take care of business. But I'm going to bring I'm going to bring probably. Oh, can you go horizontal with your phone there? Hack. There you go. Oh, I mean, if he's I'm going to sit here for a second and listen and then I'm going to go because I I was scrolling through the bid auction items and saw this and it, it did catch my attention. And I was okay. very curious on what this involved. Yeah. What's up, Greg? Thanks for jumping on BTL. Well, yeah, it'll be it's going to be a little sketchy, but it'll be a good time. OK. Are you willing to travel to Idaho? Uh, no, it's. Did you not read it? It's at his, at his. Uh, isn't it at your hunting lodge? Yeah, it is. It's. Uh, it's actually in Mississippi, right on the Mississippi River. I mean, I'm, All right, I'm like trying. Idaho I'm trying to find it. What page is this on, Greg? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's two or three. I thought two or three, because I have to I read it so. because it was on the right hand side. Is it on the just, right hand side there? I thought it was. You can go to you can you can sort just by trips, and it'll bring oh. up just the trips. Okay. Well, there's Bill Dance. So the browse oh. items potential found death it. threatening. A night vision Sasquatch hunt. Sasquatch hunt with the hack attack. Four-time Elite Series champion and 24 Angler of the Year is offering a one-night trip to his hunting property to look for Bigfoot. The trip will include a hog hunt with night vision to acquire bait. The more bait, the better chance to get close to the assumed mythical creature of the night. Hackney will provide the guiding and his camp in South Mississippi for a night that is guaranteed once in a lifetime. Dude, this is some epic stuff, Hackney. I'm bidding on it. <laughs> it's 650 bucks right now. This is at least 100%. a $5,000 trip. How did you come up? Did you come up with this? So I, I typically save these hunts for myself, but I just decided, you know, it was a it was a great cause. So it was time to let the rest of the world in on this. Okay, so have you had Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti encounter slash experiences in this section of paradise? So I've really it's been one of South Mississippi's best kept secrets, and uh, I've kind of kept kept it on the down low, but I'm. Actually on the day I'll post a picture of uh, actually a baby one I got last night feeding at one of my so it uh it's it's exciting I, I don't hunt them this time of the year it's typically more of a early spring midsummer type deals the best they 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 seem to be really they come out better when the weather's warmer um I, I like honestly I like during the the bass rut and the sasquatch hunt is a lot the time of the year is really they kind of coincide they, together. They spawn uh, around the same time. Yeah. Well, they actually that is the best time is during the the Sasquatch rut. We we know this all species. I, I noticed you just killed an elk during the elk rut, and yep. uh, it's it's that best time when when their their breeding season is the big ones, the bull Sasquatch. Hmm. What do you think is hard? You know, Brandon has documented how hard it is to 
to stalk and and kill an elk and pack it it's all you know nature and getting in touch and eating the heart and all that stuff do you what which do you think is more difficult a a, a elk stalking hunt or a, a a sasquatch hunt uh well you know really on the sasquatch you can't stalk them basically what we do is we go in and find and uh, we bait it and you, you you know i'll hang a trail camera on it and keep it baited for a week or so and we get one day lighting, you know, coming regular during the daytime, we'll set up hunt. Or now, because of the invention of the thermal scope, we're able to do that at night, which is is much more productive than hunting in the daytime. I think uh, that's what people miss they, because they're really a nocturnal animal. I do want to point out that uh, there is a night vision hunt for pigs included in this trip which you're considering bait so you you basically get to spend a night in the woods with you like is he, are you going to do a campfire tell campfire stories shoot some pigs and then set up on the squatch like i mean it's a it's a overnight camping hunting pig shooting extravaganza with greg hackney and i feel like most of the time these go better for maybe if we start early afternoon maybe indulging in some adult beverages <laughs> like it makes the nights go a lot I, you're gonna have i'm, I'm so bidding gonna, on this oh you, yeah you're gonna get in a bidding war with zona <clears throat> oh yeah there's this is gonna turn into a bidding war i i predict that this will go for over five thousand dollars by the time 10 p.m eastern time comes on the 28th well i promise you it'll be worth it i can guarantee It'll be one of those priceless. Priceless trip. But there is a price on it. And as we learned in the first half of the show, a lot of those proceeds go to conservation grants or scholarship grants or improvements to the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Right, Gene? Correct. All of the above. Mm -hmm. I, I can see this one being one of those things that they decide. Because Davey Height and Kevin Van Am are going to be working the crowd at, during the auction, and I can see those two guys really trying to ramp this one up to uh, to go from table to table, uh, trying to get people to really bid this one up. Uh, there's a couple others that I think might rival. Well, I mean, you got you got to go fishing with Polnick that might rival a Sasquatch trip. Matt Stefan is now on. He has actually seen one. I hopefully you have heard his story. Like he's he's not like heard one. He's like been like. Sasquatch right there for a pro yeah. they made eye contact he's been on the show Brandon was on that show like direct eye contact with one like a hundred percent and then uh I Documented. had one that, that ripped a tree down while I was fishing a remote section of Alaska and we had to literally uh jump start the helicopter to get out of there before it started just before it started attacking us uh that, that's a story for another time but uh there's also an odd hunt with Ray Hanselman that if you've seen an odd yeah, those things are pretty too. crazy yep. around the lake amistad uh there's a i think uh it's going to be hard to outbid go fishing with bill dance that's a good one there's a duck hunt with steve bowman another another hall of famer but and we've got a couple more guests guests jumping on but uh All right. i'll get out of here okay thanks brandon yeah, i greatly guys. appreciate it hack i'm bidding right. on that trip hey i look forward to all right, that was Hackney. Thank you for jumping on. And uh, it, it, there's no guarantee, though. Like, are you guaranteeing a Sasquatch? Uh, you, 
much like a deer hunt, you you can't guarantee that. You know what I mean? We'll see. So, I mean, I can guarantee we'll be around them. You know, but if one comes out or not, they are very elusive. As we know, people all over the country are trying to get footage of it. So they are they are very elusive. But like I said, later on today, I'm fixing to post a picture of an immature one that I got. Okay. So it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool when I expose this to the world tonight. You're the man. Thank you for getting up and jumping on, Greg. Uh, I got to get you on for a full show sometime soon. Like I always try to make a little bit of gap between uh, between Luke and Mercer's show and the other podcasts, but I'd love to spend an hour with you on BTL. It's been a while since we've had a full show. All right. See you, Greg. See you. All right. What are your thoughts on that, Gene? Because we got two more guests that are lined up here. Uh, that That's a pretty good one. We, we've got a a broader selection of trips this year than we've ever had. Um, there are more, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of jerseys. There's a lot mm -hmm. of fish and tackle. There's a lot of, you know, merchandise uh, that people can buy memorabilia, that sort of thing. But there are more experience items. I call them trips with anglers um, hunting, fishing kind of things than we've ever had. So there's, uh, it's, it's crazy how many, how many, uh, really cool items that were donated this year. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. And, and there's, there's trips with a lot of really iconic anglers, including um, this one. Yeah, there you go. So it, it's, it, it's, a, a across the board, we've got the best, uh, I, I watch a lot of these online auctions for other conservation type groups and ours is orders of magnitude better than any of the other ones out there because uh, of people like Bernie donating trips. Bernie Schultz, uh, first, of, first and foremost, thank you for jumping on BTL. Always a fan favorite when you're on BTL. Uh, we have Fat Cat in the queue who's going to talk uh, in a couple minutes here, but I wanted to get with you to talk about it. First, first of all, uh, how's the health? How are you feeling? Are you going to be back and ready to go when the 2024 Elite season kicks off? Yeah, I'm, I'm on track. I'll see my uh, surgeon this week for an evaluation. I've been in... Um, you know, physical therapy for a couple of weeks. I had COVID. I, when I went up and retrieved my truck and boat at uh, Syracuse, I went up and did commentary on the St. Lawrence River and managed to contract COVID while I was there. So that set me back a couple of weeks on on physical therapy, but I'm back at it. And uh, my uh, therapist is very aggressive. She, she's an animal. So um, I think she'll have me up and running pretty soon, but still in a brace, if you can Ooh. see it. Yeah. Hard to see. Um, yeah, that's a full brace. He looks like he just had Tommy John's. Yeah, they've reconnected my bicep at the elbow, and um, it's been it's been a challenge, but uh, I'm getting there. I got mobility. She's really good about um, loosening the joint and making sure I've got you know I don't get too stiff in there. But anyway, it's it's good, and uh, hopefully in a couple of months I'll be fishing. I'll definitely be ready by January. All right, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame auction, BassFishingHOF.com. Bernie, uh, supporter of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Heck, you've been around a long time before it even existed. Uh, so yeah. have you been to the Wonders of Wildlife there in Springfield yet? 
I, I went before it was the wonders of wildlife, okay. um, but I have not been since. And I, I want to go. Um, there's quite a bit of vintage tackle there. Oh, hidden tons. Yeah, tons. Yeah. yeah. There's like tackle boxes from like George Bush and stuff like that. I think there's like an original wiggle wart in one of those where I'm like, oh, yeah, that would play on the Ozarks. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it's, it's neat that it's uh, being preserved, hopefully uh, for generations, many generations to yep. come. Uh, as you well know, it's sacred to me. I, I think, um, you know, it's it's kind of the foundation of our sport. So much was developed in this culture and uh, pertinent to bass fishing. Uh, you know, bass are all over the world, but that didn't used to be the case. And, you know, that's why we have the reels we have and the, the plugs that we have. All that was generated by necessity in our culture uh, at the turn of the century. You are giving away a one-day light tackle inshore charter on the Crystal River on Florida's Gulf Coast for snook, redfish, trout, triple tail, and others. Now, I've experienced kind of this style of fishing in this part of the country, and that is a freaking fun day. Because if you get it around a fish, it eats like 100% of the time. There's no such thing as like, oh, they're finicky. If you find them, they're biting. The problem is, can you get them in? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the tackle I use. Um, generally I'm working with bass tackle, the same stuff I use on the tour. Um, you know, there's times when I get, you know, outmatched, you know, um, it's like kind of like bear hunting with a switch, but, uh, when you catch fish, it's that much more rewarding. It is. So jump on bid on that current bid is only at $300, which that's easily a $2,000 trip especially with the day uh, with you uh, and you come in, you provide the tackle, the drinks, you just have to get there, show up day of fishing with the man, Bernie Schultz. Yeah. It's, it's so scenic. I mean, aside from the fishing, the aesthetics are insane. I mean, whoever goes with me is going to see manatees. Mm -hmm. They're going to see tarpon. They're going to see, and I'm not sure that we'll catch tarpon, but we can sure try. Um, Occasionally they bite, but uh, all kinds of aquatic bird life and and uh you know it's a subtropical part of florida so you, you can see you might even see flamingos they've been so displaced by the uh, hurricanes they're all over the place now but but there's a lot of cool waterfowl and and birds of prey and then the, the you know the mentees and the porpoise and and all that sea turtles there are huge numerous uh you know, encounters with, with, uh, sea, sea turtles and, and they're cool. The water's gin clear and where yeah. I fish, Matt, it's so shallow. If the boat broke down, you could walk home. I mean, it's, we're, we're in knee deep to waist deep water most of the day. And, uh, so there's no intimidation factor. It shouldn't be for anybody bidding on the, on the trip. It's not like you're going way offshore where you won't be able to see That's land right. or get seasick. I mean, it's bass fishing for, uh, cool stuff. It is. And, and bass might play. I mean, Crystal River is a, a spring fed area of Florida. It's right on the coast and there's a lot of bass in the pool. Uh, some of the tidal creeks have bass, mm-hmm. but you you got the chance of catching bass, redfish, snook and flounder all in the same uh, water. You know, it could be a, one cast could be a bass. The next could be a redfish or a, or a snook, but it's, it's very visual. It's a beautiful place. It's a nice community. And there's good food in the area. So anybody planning the trip should probably stay overnight or a couple of nights and, uh, you know, take in the, the town and the scenery and the people. 
Phenomenal stuff. Thank you for that donation. It's bid number. It's a it's lot number 468, the Bernie Schultz inshore fishing trip. Yeah. Thanks I'll for be- jumping on, Bernie. I need to get you on just like I knew Hackney for another full show. We'll go through some more lures, talk a little bit about it. Man, you were having a heck of a year too. Headed up to where I mean, I I thought this was the year. I thought we were going back to the I thought you were going to be in the Grand Classic for sure. Yeah, it was disappointing. I, You know, I had some really great days, and I've had some bombs along the way. But overall, it was a good season. I was in position going to the part of the tour that I like best. Um, it didn't work out. I, you know, mm-hmm. I drove from Detroit to Syracuse, flew home for the break, was really looking forward to the last two events in New York, thought my chances were good, and then I had the accident, and that just derailed everything. So now I just got to look towards next year and, and – I'll tell you, that's going to be a very challenging uh, schedule. The timing of the waterways that we're going to is is not your typical schedule. And, and it could create some issues for tricky. even the Florida guys could have a hard time in the uh, Florida events. All right. Well, thank you for jumping on yes, uh, BTL. Much, much appreciated. Glad to do it. Bid, bid high and bid often. Yeah. Uh, Gene, that is, I mean, you're a fisheries biologist. That's one of the most unique and diverse ecosystems in the world that crystal river yeah. area. Yeah. I, I fished there years ago with, uh, back when bass was headquartered in Orlando, I, I got to go out there with, with Chris Horton, who was the conservation director at the time. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. We saw some really neat stuff and, uh, you know, chasing redfish and trout, and, uh, didn't find any snook that day, but, uh, some of those bays in Florida, you know, have such a diversity and it's, you know, it's uh, it's no wonder that, that they call Florida the fishing capital of the world. And, you know, 25% of all the fishing tackle in the world is sold in Florida. Oh, I didn't know that. Because they got, they got a tremendous amount of possibilities and opportunities. Uh, what are your thoughts on snakeheads as a fisheries biologist? Snakeheads are a, a really unique critter. They, they're obviously considered an invasive species. Most places have a catch and kill requirement. The, there's some of the biologists that I know that deal with them will say they're just terrible. They've created all kinds of problems. And there's other ones that say, yeah, they're here and they're kind of coexisting. And uh, at least from a bass fishing standpoint and from sport fish, they certainly they're fun as heck to catch. Uh, I, I know you're, your next guest there is going to tell us about it. I've, I've fished for them in, uh, in some of the uh, places in the, on the Chesapeake with our uh, conservation director from Maryland. And, boy, they love to eat a frog. And so they're, <laughs> they're fun to catch. Uh, we'd like to welcome in our next guest to the show, our final guest. Uh, uh-oh, he went away. Oh, there he's back. I'm here, man. I'm yeah, here. You got it. Our final guest of the show. He is on location from the next to last stop of the NPFL in its third season, just down the road from where I am on Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma. Brave the storms last night. Uh, Fat Cat Newton is What's up, joining DTL. And Fat Cat, this is a trip on the Potomac River that yeah. I would be very jealous of whoever wins this one. It's snakehead fishing on the Potomac with frogs with you for a day. Dude, we're going to have a, a cold straight blast. Uh, like this past year, dude, our cold straight cracked them. If anybody's not familiar with northern snakeheads, that's the kind of snakeheads we'll be targeting on the Potomac River or northern snakeheads. Uh, 
definitely an invasive species. They are they can they can destroy an ecosystem, but fortunately, the Potomac River is such a, a resilient and strong ecosystem to where when they were first introduced probably around 2004, you would have thought the Potomac was going to dry up. It, it was terrible, man. It was really bad. There was actually a bounty on northern snakeheads at one time, and then it was kill every one of them. And now fast forward 20 years, we have found out that uh, they're not that bad. Like our main issue on the Potomac River is the blue cats. I don't know that we'll ever catch up with taking care of that issue, but those are snake kids. They're super fun. They taste delicious. And like a great dude, top water bite, probably one of the best freshwater top water bites there is, dude. They are absolutely, they're, they're, they're a blast. Yeah, dude. My, so, it or attack it? Like, oh, dude. No, 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 no. So my, my logic behind a northern snakehead, I think what they try to do, they try to hit it as, as hard as they possibly can to kill it. And then once it goes to the bottom, they're going to hit it again. That, that they're going to eat it once it goes down there because very seldom, very seldom does a snakehead slurp it or flush it. Nine times out of ten, they're, they're going to make you pee a little bit. Really? Oh, dude, they, they are they're super fun, man. They truly are. It's a fun way to fish. Like Bernie was saying, talking about being in shallow water, whoever comes with me, we'll, you'll probably be able to stand up everywhere we go. And then if you're familiar with the Potomac River, we'll be in Potomac Creek, that area, Acquire Creek, Potomac Creek. We'll be on the southern end, and it's yeah, we won't be dealing with any crazy water. I'll keep it safe. And so the auction deal for me, you're going to come out with me. It could be one person. I can accommodate two. Uh, doesn't matter. If it's two people, I'll let both of you guys fish. Husband, wife, kids, doesn't matter. We're going to shoot a video. I want to shoot a video for you. Recording the trip. We're going to have a blast. My little brother had the world record northern snakehead 2013. Yeah, 17-pound, 6 ounces. Uh, dude, I think Damian Cook just caught the new world record, 21 pounds in Dorchester River up near Delaware. Wait, so you've got but a yeah, chance man. where you're fishing to catch a world record northern snakehead? Buddy, listen to what I'm telling you. Who I I want to take these people in the trophy window. So the trophy window for Northern Snakehead on the Potomac River is typically between the beginning of May and the beginning of July. Actually, if you look at all the analytics, like I've done May 15th to June 5th is when the biggest snakeheads have ever been caught other than the one Damien just caught. That's just their spawning season. So it depends on what the weather does. Like this year, they spawned a little bit later. But we'll, we'll go out and uh, got to kind of know what to look for. Snakehead are kind of like... Uh, kind of like big reds like bull red snake kid they will come to the top and surface so you can actually see them and cast to them we can fish that way and then if we come a little bit later we'll go around chasing bait we'll chase them actually fry balls so they're really really they are super fry garters so okay. and, and they're fry dude their fry is wild looking it's a bunch of like orange little beetles and it does all this crazy stuff <laughs> when you see that fry dude it's it's wicked the snake kid in general is a wicked creature but We'll have a good time. I'm excited right now to get somebody on the boat with me and, and, and take them out and show them a good time because we will have a wall-to-wall, treetop-tall kind of time out there chasing them snake kids. And the odds of us not catching one are – I mean, you got me in the boat. I'm the best fisherman I ever met. So we're, we're going we're gonna to catch something. I can promise you that. Uh, that's awesome. All right, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame uh, auction. Just go to BassFishingHOF.com. Click on the auction items. Uh, right now, the current bid is at 550. The next bid is at 600. And this is a uh, this is a freaking day. This is a good day. Dude, we're gonna have, 
we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. What what do you think, Gio? We're gonna have a good time. Oh man! And and the one thing I wanted to know is uh, when when you catch all these critters, is there gonna be an opportunity to bring them home? Because like yeah, you said, so, they yeah. are some of the best eating fish ever that I've ever eaten. Thank you for saying that, man. Because if you look at them, you're like, I hope that thing doesn't taste the way it looks. Because they are they are some ugly critters. But out of the Potomac River. Behind the rockfish, the striper, it's probably the second best. To some, it's the first best eating fish there is. They are absolutely delicious, thick, white filet. They are scrumptious. So if you do win this trip, bring your cooler, and we would do our best to fill it up. Me, personally, I, I bring some home. I, and when I post it, man, people do not like post me posting, releasing them. But if I catch them, I just I'll definitely release the good ones there. I'll take big ones. So, but we, we can do whatever you want to do. If you want to do catch and release, we do catch and release. If you want to take a moment and eat them, we'll do that. And for those of you watching that aren't familiar with Northern Snakehead, you are legally in the Potomac River now. I can't speak for everywhere else because everywhere else has different rules and regulations in the Potomac River. And you can legally catch and release, but you cannot legally transport that fish alive. So right. take that fish you throw in your live well. You better beat its brains out or make sure, yeah, it's... Because they'll get you. They, they they watch out for stuff like that on the river, and they tough too, boy. <laughs> uh, big difference. Snakehead, not bowfin. These are invasive species. Snakehead, they're they look kind of the same, but bowfin are native that have been around. I mean, they were nibbling on dinosaur toenails back in the day. Snakeheads. That's were right, dude. Not. Yeah, you're, you're exactly. Right. That's a big misconception, but uh. Yeah, and bowfin is fun, fun fishing too. But yeah, that, that snakehead topwater bite is unreal. And listen, if you guys, I'm letting whoever wins this auction, I will, we can go. As long as that water tip is up in the 50s, we can go. If it's sub 50, they're just, okay. I'm not, I'm not taking you. But if it's that water tip's in the 50s, mid 50s, we'll go out there. We'll throw some swim baits and do different things. If you want a good topwater bite, we'll try to go June, July. June, July, even August. But like, if, if you come around May, June-ish, we're going to be throwing swim bait and top water. Sounds good. Hey, give us a quick little preview. Uh, like I said, you are on location, NPFL uh, Lake. You follow Oklahoma, the third major tournament to go through Oklahoma. However, this is at a very different time of the year. Where, when, how can people watch what's going down uh, uh, at the league this week in Oklahoma? All right. So here's the deal. When this tournament came on the schedule, Lake Eufaula. I was like, oh, we're going to Alabama. They said, no, you follow Oklahoma. And then the, the doc talk was like, ooh, that time of the year. So this whole season, I've just been dreading coming here. But, buddy, this is day two of practice, and it's a sigh of relief because the guys are actually catching them. We've gotten guys that are catching 30, 40 fish a day. It's just catching the right ones. It's a 14-inch limit all across the board. So spots could play here. Large mouth will definitely play. And there are small mouth here, but they probably won't play a role at all. 14 inches across the board. Guys are catching them. It will be a grind for some guys, but it's it's seeming to blind enough to be a better tournament. The weather's going to, to work with us. We're going to see some good shallow water fishing, and we're going to see some guys concentrating on that offshore stuff. And let's talk about that real quick. If things go right, we're going to show the viewers at home this week some stuff they haven't seen before possibly. We are trying to get ahead of that curve and trying to help the viewership enjoy that forward-facing sonar. We're just trying to figure out different ways to, mm -hmm. to embrace it. You know what I mean? To embrace it and make it easier to watch and more enjoyable. So we got some tricks up our sleeves. We're hoping mm -hmm. to try and uh, showcase this week. So make sure you guys tune in to TNPFL.com. The tournament starts Thursday. 
So if you guys go to FixTV.com, that's where everything streams from. We'll have three bonus cams running on Thursday. Live stream takes place Friday and Saturday with Luke and myself in studio doing the commentating deal. Live stream will go live 8 a.m. Central each day of the event. So Thursday, we'll have three bonus cams going. You guys can go to FixTV.com. The TeamPFO.com will direct you there. You can pick one of the three anglers you want to watch. This bonus cam deal is something we do a little different, too, to where you can actually watch one angler all day long. And if you want mm -hmm. to, you can watch all three bounce back and forth. And then, like I said, live stream takes place with Luke Duncan and I Friday and Saturday. I'm thinking 16 to eight, 18 pounds a day here is going to be strong. But I think we, we're going to see a couple strong bags. Mm -hmm. I just don't know consistently that 16, 17 Talk to me, man. Give me some insight. That's, Am that's I right Gene, about that? Gene has known about uh, Ufala. It's kind of been Oklahoma's best kept secret for tournament fishing, in my opinion, Gene. Uh, you've probably spent a lot of time and know a lot. In my opinion, it's the best lake in the state when it comes to all three species, biodiversity, and population of two and a half to three pound fish. Is that fairly accurate? I think that, yeah, and it, you know, it, it has its ups and downs over the years, but it definitely has uh, that diversity and the habitat diversity. You can fish just about any way you want, unless you want to fish aquatic vegetation, because there's not a lot of grass. In fact, there's probably not any grass, but um, <laughs> other than that, it's it's got a lot of variety, clear water, muddy water, you know, lay downs, you name it. And uh, uh, really strong Dude, fish population. It is a huge, over 102,000 acres, and it's it is so long, so many miles of shoreline. Like it, this is an overwhelming body of water. It can you can get lost in the sauce real easy here. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for people that haven't seen a lake that size, there's there's miles and miles and acres and acres of that lake that's flooded timber, but you can't see it because it's old enough that it's all broken off under the water. And so there's there's stuff like that that uh, on the surface you may not realize what's going on, but it's uh, it is one of the best, certainly one of the best lakes in the state. The other thing I wanted to uh, touch on before we let you go, Fat Cat, is the Dick Hiley St. Jude Bass Classic, which was originally scheduled for the spring, got rescheduled because of floodwaters on the Mississippi out of Wabasha, Minnesota. That is rescheduled for. Uh, Next weekend, October 7th and 8th, I am headed up there. I just got a package in the mail from St. Jude. There it is right now, the Richardson 112 St. Jude uh, Research, Children's Research Hospital hat, wearing it proudly. We'll be up there fishing with Adam Bartuzek. and will you be emceeing that event again this year, Fat Cat? Dude, I would definitely be emceeing it. I'll be hosting the banquet. I cannot wait. How? Listen, everybody watching right now, think about this. What if I told you there's a tournament that goes on there's about 70, 75 teams that one tournament raises $1 million for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Absolutely. It's unheard of. It's incredible, man. So 25th anniversary of the Dick Holly Bass Classic in Wabashaw, Minnesota. These anglers, I, so selfless, have raised $1 million for uh, St. Jude. It's just I, it's unreal. It is a uh, big shout out to all those BTL supporters who uh, who purchased the BTL shirt earlier this year. We raised just shy of $10,000 from BTL along with uh, Adam Bartuzek's our fundraiser that we did in Minnesota earlier this year. And then on next Monday, Gretchen from St. Jude, who 
has a big part of putting uh, this tournament together, working it, and doing the PR around. Oh, it. she's we'll a mastermind, it. dude. Yeah, she's mastermind. Very good. She will be on BTL next Monday to talk about it, to break down the numbers. Like I said, just this individual tournament for this year, the 25th anniversary of it, has raised over a million dollars. That's not total. That's just this year. And last year we did seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for St. Jude, and that was a record. So. Really cool, really excited to be really proud to be a part of it. Uh, and I know if you go back and listen to some of the interviews that I've done with you on this show, Fat Cat, and some of the other interviews that you've done on other podcasts, near and dear to your heart. So looking forward to seeing you uh, in a little over a week up there in Minnesota. Can't wait, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I love everybody with Saints. You love all those guys at at Wabashaw. It's, It's awesome. I love being a part of that. Thanks for having me on. And I hope that whoever wins this trip to go snakehead fishing with me, I mean, don't spend too much money. We're not going to have that good of a time. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Make it rain, dude. Go in there and drop a couple bands. Let, let you know, it's all going to a great cause. And I promise you, man, we will have a good time. We'll make some content out there. We'll, we'll, I'll do whatever I can do to accommodate you and make sure you have a good time. I will not be letting you stay at my house or giving you a ride. You'll have to get to the boat ramp yourself because you're a big boy. But all those other things, once you get on the boat, I'll make sure you have a good time. Hey, listen, do me a favor, man. This week, it's a big deal for us. Tune into TNPFL.com. Like I say, it's we have a full field of anglers fish all three days for a hundred thousand dollars. It's this tournament's gonna be a good tournament. I know football's taking place on Saturday, but try to squeeze this in there and watch us with Showdown Saturday. TNPFL.com, Bobby. Thanks, Fat Cat. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on, man. We'll check you all later. <laughs> See ya. Oh god, I bet I cut out the laugh. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. I didn't mean to cut out the laugh. Harry's still there. You still there? Bring it. Take the. I'm here. Here we go. (laughs) All right. See ya. There it was. (laughs) All right, Gene. Uh, Well, that was an eclectic group of anglers and personalities. (laughs) I bet you didn't plan on. I bet you didn't plan on that when you decided to jump on and talk about the Hall of Fame this week. No, that's that's quite all right. That's a, you know, that it's a it's a great cause. And we've got a, like I said earlier, we're probably the best, uh, you know, list of items that we've ever had in, in the last four or five years. So this is by far the, and just so people understand, you can attend in person and come to the Wonders of Wildlife uh, still, Museum and Aquarium. Is that still an uh, option for this year? I think so. There's, uh, you know, they sell tickets uh, to, to, uh, you know, for individual people to to come in and and, and enjoy the the festivities, um, meet people, get autographs, because you know, like I said earlier, everybody's going to be there, and so it's one of those things that, uh, that get online and and look for. Uh, there it is, right there. There's a couple's ticket. Tickets for two. Two tickets, the tickets. two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, and and again that the the ticket prices the the meal that you get the the money that we that comes in from the ticket sales and the table sales basically is what pays for the event that night um, for renting the hall and you know the banquet and all of that kind of stuff. But the um, the the auction itself is what does the big fundraising for the hall of fame and one of the things that i didn't mention earlier you know, you kind of touched on it that 
you know, we've got the conservation grants and we've got the scholarships, but going forward, we have a lot of plans about what we want to do in the Hall of Fame space to make it better, to make, uh, to, to obviously to, to recognize all of the, the Hall of Fame inductees and our Award of Merit recipients, but to tell the story of bass fishing even better than it does now. Kind of getting back to what Bernie was talking about a little bit, that history. Mm-hmm. There are a handful, some of us on the board of directors feel very, very strongly that that we need to really focus a lot of attention on the history of bass fishing and how we got to where we are now. And, and some of the money that we raise through the auction will eventually be put towards some of the exhibits that will be in the actual Hall of Fame space. Um, Johnny Morris and the Wonders of Wildlife folks do a fabulous job of hosting the Hall of Fame. They provide us with the space. And they provide the uh, the cabinets and the the display space and stuff like that, but we have to pay for a lot of the detail work, the plaques, the the uh, information cards. We want to make it more interactive, especially since when we get this thing remodeled, and all these people, millions of people a year are coming through. A lot of those are going to be kids. And we want to try to make it interactive, something that the kids and families will enjoy too. So that when people come through that space, it's not just a bunch of old dusty relics. It's something that they can really learn about the sport of bass fishing. And and part of that, a big part of that to me and several of us on the board is capturing that history. And, you know, Bernie talked about a lot of the, the antique lures and the tackle and the memorabilia. We want to try to, to tell people how that played into wh- how we where where we are now. How does that? How do we get from, you know, the Dr. Henschel who kind of started bass fishing as a popular sport back in the late 1800s to now, and and what's happened in between, and recognize a lot of those people and those companies that came before us that kind of set the foundation for where we are now. That's well said, Gene. Like I said, BassFishingHOF.com, the online auction currently live now, hundreds of items. I mean, I didn't even, we didn't even talk about uh, a lot of the things. I'll talk about some of the uh, BTL opportunities. Uh, We got to take a break on this thing. I'm going to let you go and then I'll come back and talk about uh, some of the BTL opportunities. Frank Scalish has some one of one uh, drawings that are available up there. Anything else uh, that we want to that you want to get in uh, that you think we've left out? This has been a a long overdue show uh, for BTL to kind of focus on the bass fishing uh, Hall of Fame and very timely with that auction with the induction ceremony. Oh, uh, over under how many people Ike brings to it and does it create a mini riot when he gets inducted with all of his people? <laughs> I, I've heard rumors that there were, yeah, no, each, each inductee can, can have a table and a table, I think seats eight people. And I've heard that Ike has paid extra for like six or seven tables. Yes. So I, do the math. <laughs> I've talked to some of the crew that is coming and, yeah. It might, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it will be the rowdiest bass fishing hall of fame induction ceremony to date. 
Well, another another reason for people to be there in person, you know, get get your tickets uh, in advance. You don't you don't wait. And, I don't think they sell them at the no. door. It's so you this Thursday. Your- you don't have to be a member of anything. You could just go no. like last. I, I remember a couple years ago, I wasn't able to go last year. I had a tournament, but two years ago, I met a couple. I said, Hey, who are you here with? And they're like, we're just fans of the sport. Yeah. We've, we've come had- to this every year. We, we just enjoy it. We yeah. both like to follow bass yep. fishing. We both bass fish. And this is a great opportunity to literally see so many legends of the sport in one room at the same time. And everyone mingles and chats has a few drinks, enjoys the company of everyone, and, yep. and you get to witness history. And you get to bid on some really cool stuff. I've got some friends that come every year. They they live in Missouri, so they're not far away, but they've become addicted to it. And uh, they come every year just to, uh, to have a chance to bid on some of the items. There might be a few items that are only going to be in a live auction uh, in the room. Ooh. Uh, and, and not necessarily up on the, the, the online portion. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play out yet, but, uh, there might be some specialty items that if you're not there in person, you might miss out on, but, uh, I would encourage uh, people to get I think there. I see where this is going. Cause there's a couple guys that I thought would have some stuff on the online auction. You, you see some, some missing, missing there's spots some there. noticeable mm-hmm. absences there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, uh, now they may show up on the online too, you know, cause that way people can, can, can bid on them, but, uh, it might be last minute, but, uh, it, it is a fun night. It's, uh, I think it's well worth the the price of admission, but uh, people need to get their tickets ahead of time. They can get them online. And, uh, and like I said, like we've talked about over and over the, the proceeds of this, this night uh, really do some good things for bass fishing with the conservation grants, the scholarships and preserving and celebrating the sport. So well worth it. I did see noticeably absent was a two hour FaceTime, a late night FaceTime with Gene Gilliland to discuss bass migration (laughs) 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 and and the studies that have been done over the past. I find that stuff fascinating. I think there's a section that would too. (sighs) But Gene, Uh, thanks for jumping on. We're up for it. This has been a roller coaster of a show. Like I said, I told you before when you jumped Mm -hmm. on, I said, I don't know how this is going to go. I got guys on the water. I got guys at home. I got board members i got guys giving away sasquatch trips so uh all in all uh thank you and i will see you next week in springfield i will do thank you matt appreciate the opportunity all right see gene all right that is 2001 bass fishing hall of fame inductee uh Gene Gilliland, we have to take a break. We're way overdue for a break. When we come back, I do want to dive into some of these special opportunities for one-of-one autograph drawings of Frank Scalish and the BTL experience. And there is also a plethora of bass fishing news that went on. We had a Potomac River uh, event that was shortened due to a tropical storm that was uh, won by, I believe, Christian Greco. Uh, Now he's a multiple-time winner. We had two Bassmaster Opens. The points are shaken up there. There's one left of that. Uh, We've got all sorts of stuff uh, to talk about when we get back. But first, we're going to take our first and long overdue break of the show. When we come back, we'll dive into some bass fishing stuff. It's BTL on a Monday from Shawnee, Oklahoma. We'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. 
With the Angler design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years' experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got Copper Shad which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer, 
so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. Shoreline Boat and RV. Dock rash, storm damage, collision repair. That deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water. Fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new. Quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com. Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right, we are back, BTL, on a Monday. Uh, a little bit of a long commercial break there, but I had, uh, like I said, you, you don't leave Greg Hackney, Bertie Schultz, Brandon Polinick, Fat Cat Newton waiting. Uh, and big shout out to Gene Gilliland for jumping on. I do want to mention uh, there is an opportunity to win a Denali Novus Reel. Go back to the YouTube show uh, that we did last week with Johnny Schultz from Fish the Moment. I think it was like advanced bass fishing uh, or deep dive, something like that, uh, into bass fishing. It was with Johnny Schultz. There is a uh, questionnaire in the or a survey in the description of that video. And if you take that survey, it's completely free. It's nothing. They don't, it's literally just a survey where he's trying to gain more information for the deep dive app uh, as to what anglers find important. Take that survey. Make sure you put your email in there when you do. This doesn't go out on any list. It's literally just for them. So then we can do a drawing on the 30th for Denali Novus Reel. I'm six months in our full season into using the um, Novus, the Novus Pro and the Novus Elites and could not be happier. Uh, with the Denali reels, I just got done with a uh, Bassmaster Open EQ on Lake of the Ozarks. And the, the true test of whether you trust your reel is when you're skipping a half ounce jig as far back under docks and cables as you can. And that thing performed flawlessly. I had two Denali Novices on, uh, on seven, two medium heavies and was able to put a half ounce jig. I had some crazy fish catches in that event finished 60th finished 58th the week before at uh watts bar so two above average finishes not where i needed to be so i'm out of it for the points for the year but it is what it is i'm not out of it though when it comes to 
the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame auction, BassFishingHOF.com. A uh, couple things that I wanted to highlight yesterday. We did a Frank Scalish show, Frank, on Sunday. If you're a fan of Frank Scalish and you go into the items, there's a one-of-one one autograph drawing. Uh, current bid for that is only at $130. That's an 8 by 10 It says Frank Scalish one-of-one on it. Uh, really cool man cave edition. And then for the third year, we're giving away the BTL Experience Trip. Uh, let me find it right there. There it is. The Bass Talk Live Experience. Show it right there. Uh, right now, the current bid is at 620. Uh, this is really cool. Uh, you get to sit here. Move this right here. Sit right across from me, right there in that chair. Same one that Gene Gillen, Matt Steffen, Brad Hallman, all the guys have sat in uh, and co-host BTL with me for a day. Uh, and then afterwards, we are going to jump on the water. It just depends on how it works. It might be the day before. We're going to jump on the water, and we are going to go uh, target trophy, legit trophy crappie in the two to three pound uh, class range uh, at a undisclosed fishery in Oklahoma based on where they're biting. So this is most likely a November, December trip uh, that we're going to take place. And then uh, you also get $250. That helps with, I got a bunch of hotels that are right down the road for me here. Uh, that helps with travel. It'll be just a gift card with 250 bucks on it. And then a prize pack, uh, one of the Denali uh, crappie rods, probably the 12 foot uh, medium heavy action crappie rod that we'll be using. Some swag from AFCO, Sunline, and Big Bite Baits. So jump on that. Uh, the BTL experience trip. Uh, I was talking to Jeffries uh, two years ago. We included some bowling into that, but. Uh, no, the flight is not the flight is not covered. Two hundred fifty dollars is covered. So depending on whatever it costs to to get you down there, I'm throwing in two hundred fifty bucks of BTL's money uh, to help with travel. So whether that's gas, airfare, hotel, uh, it is what it is. If you decide to fly in, yeah, I can pick you up from the airport, uh, Oklahoma City Airport, like that. So, but uh, yeah, Jeffrey's a uh, couple weeks away. Oh, I wonder if uh, I need to make sure. So from the from the uh, BTL clothing, we decided to officially sponsor. BTL decided to officially sponsor the uh, Southern Nazarene University bowling team that Jeffries is a part of, that he is the head coach of. And I need to make sure. I still don't see it. We got an issue. That their support supporters of SNU bowling. I see Holiday Lanes, Brunswick, Hammer Track, Turbo, Ebonite, and 300. We got to get the B to O. There's uh, the premier supporters are Knighton Industries, Brian Knighton and Cowan Construction. We got to get BTL on there. BTL is an official sponsor of SNU Bowling now. So their there's, uh, season kicks off in two weeks. I think Jeffrey's tweaked his back or something when it comes to a senior bowling. Uh, so I don't know how active he is, but there's the bowling team. Let's see the bowling team right there. There's the bowling team right there. Yeah, we got to get the BTL logo on that. Because I know there's a bunch of people that are going to follow that. But uh, long show today. I want to give a big shout out to, like I said, uh, Brandon Polinick, Greg Hackney, Bernie Schultz, Fat Cat Newton, as well as uh, Gene Gilliland. Auction runs through the 28th. The Bass Fishing Hall of Fame is Thursday night, which is the 28th. And then next week, the uh, we'll be doing live shows next week from Minnesota at the St. Jude Bass Classic, the 25th edition. Uh, we'll be in studio that Monday. 
uh, with Gretchen, who puts uh, does a lot of work behind. That. There's a number of people who put that uh, put that together, but uh, I think that's all we got for today. Holy cow! There's a lot that we got through. I'm glad we got through all of it. All right, uh, tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's it. The rest of the week, we got a big week. Uh, ben Milliken, he still has an outside shot to make the elite series. He had a couple of rough tournaments. Uh, the back-to-backers. He is going to be on to talk about it. There's also a fish with Ben Milliken experience on there. He's going to film a YouTube event or YouTube video. You get to go down in Texas, lake of his choosing, jump in the boat with Ben, throw glide baits this winter for Giants. Uh, that's on the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. So big shout out to Ben. But Ben's going to jump on BTL. He was legit ticked. He was not happy with how he performed. He was not happy with uh with with being inside the cut and jumping out. So I'll be very interested to see what he has to say about the two back-to-back opens. And 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 we'll talk more about how those events went down on on Watts Bar and Lake of the Ozarks. There's some guys at the top that are just absolutely axe murdering them over and over and over again. I think there's like five or six guys that are locked into the Elite series. Uh even if they don't catch a fish or if they just catch one fish uh, in Florida here in a couple weeks. So we'll talk to Milliken on Monday. Then we got day four on a Wednesday. Uh, Frank Scalish will join us on Wednesday morning. Then I'm headed to the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, which is on Thursday. So that's how that's going to go down. This has been another edition of BTL. Whew, we got through all of it. and It all worked out. Bass Talk Live will be back tomorrow, Tuesday the 26th of September with Ben Milliken to talk about the Bassmaster Opens. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Good to be back in studio. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Later.